Good afternoon, y'all. Today is 8-11, and today I had the opportunity to talk to my friend, Mr. John Kiros. Uh, JR is a police officer in the city of San Antonio, and we discuss uh, the current policing system, um, how he has been received as a police officer in the aftermath of the nationwide protests. And, uh, yeah, we just discussed how life has been, uh, for him, who is somebody who is directly affected by this. Um, before we get started, I want to apologize. I did not do a great job in leading the conversation. Um, I was off. Things were choppy. This was the first podcast in four months. So I want to thank JR for doing this with me, getting the ball rolling and starting these up again. But, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Mr. John Kiros, everybody. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top, back on top in June I said that's life Quick, and then uh, we'll get into uh... We can start now. I'll just, I'll This is gonna be the first thing they hear But I'm gonna do a separate intro to introduce who you are and um, oh, you're not gonna do the the intro now? No, but we're recording. I'll, I'll make a separate intro and I'll throw that in there. Okay, you know how to do all that? Come on, bro. You barely know how to use a laptop. I was grown up on laptops. Okay, well, we'll, we'll start it then. It started. Go. Okay, it's going. <laughs> oh well, well, what's the question? Okay, so you were saying that basically, um, just in case everybody needs context, um, we're talking about. Um, whether there is inherent corruption within the uh, policing system and the uh, basically police departments and how it came about. And you were mentioning that it you're not saying it's not necessarily corruption, but you're saying that there are contracts that were built to protect officers. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, I think uh, like I was showing you, I was trying to figure out the right word. I don't think it's actually corruption. What it was is that, you know, when a lot of these police unions were started, you know, their job is to protect the officers and they put forth a contract uh, that they present to the city and the city agrees on it or not. Mm -hmm. And fortunately for us, the contracts have been, is it going? Yeah, it's going, go ahead. The contracts have been good. Uh huh. And the union representatives made a good, made a good deal with, you know, with the wording and the verbiage and, you know, going through all types of uh, 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 trying to figure out if there could be any loopholes in, in what they uh, what they present to the city and um, you know a lot of these unions they, they've, they've done their homework and they did a good job uh, in making sure their officers are protected yes and so it's like so so when these officers screw up and people wonder you know why they keep getting away with it it was like well they, we call it a collective bargaining act well they they that's what they're protected by it I mean, there's nothing that they, it's like, it's like, 
Uh, it's like any other regular civilian job. If you screw up and, you know, if you're within the bylaws of you being protected and not being fired, regardless of the screw up, well, you, you don't get fired. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing that's happening here. And then the part where I can see people can call corrupted, corrupt is where um, some officers who work for like, who work with, you know, the chiefs, the people in the higher rank who makes those decisions on what your uh, employment is going to be. Yeah. Um, if those guys screw up, sometimes they get, okay, hey, you know what? Let's just brush it on the rug. I'm going to give you a one or two day suspension to make it look like you've been punished and then go back to business as normal. And um, there's, there, there's still quite a bit of that. Hell, I've seen it. You've seen it, yeah. So where, you, where people get they get they get the, uh, uh, you know, but it's like any profession, you know. Yeah. If, but you, if, if you, you, let's say you're the boss's secretary for fucking fifteen years, twenty years, and you screw up bad, where you're supposed to be fired, but you know you've built that relationship with your boss, mm -hmm. and he likes you, and you've done good work for the past fifteen years, but you screwed up once, well, he he's gonna he's he's gonna let it go. Yeah. And it, it's the same thing w with us. Yeah. But people get so pissed off because, you know, well, I, I understand, you know, because we're held to a higher standard. We're supposed to be, hey, it's either black or white, no gray. You know, you either fucked up, you didn't, you're gone, or you're here. But um, I think that's where some of the, I guess, corruption can fall into is where people get get the good old boy treatment sometimes. You think it's more common than not? Like, do you think... Um Cops are held accountable as um, often as they should be held accountable, or do you think there's more good boy treatment going on? There's a like we're we're talking about corruption. So like if that is if that is corruption, and you're saying it's going on, then we can kind of say there is corruption in the police department. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm like like I'm I'm not I'm not. I, I would agree with you. Like, there's corruption in all jobs. And people aren't recognizing it. P I think people think that there's, like, only corruption in the police department or whatever. But it's like in any job. If you're cool with the manager, the manager's going to let you get away with stuff. And you're not going to fight the manager and say, hey, manager, you're being corrupt. Yeah, I think that's why <clears> it's <throat> it's hard for me to say that because, you know, this job is, you know, I really enjoy it. You know, there's a lot of pride and honor uh, that I get out of it. And to say that, you know, I'm associated with uh, a business that is corrupt. Kind of sucks. It kind of, like, shits on who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm, that, that's not who I am. Uh, <clears throat> I've, I've, I've worked very hard to build the reputation that I have and the work ethic I have. And... To be associated with something that's corrupt, <clears throat> knowing corrupt is is like it's it'd be complete disrespect for people who've been gone before me. Yeah, and <clears throat> that's why it's hard for me to say it's corrupt. It's I don't think it's corrupt. It's just you know uh, systems were put in place to protect officers, and it's it's good, and it's so good that these fucking officers can't get fired when they screw up. And I can't do nothing about that. 
that has to do with the unions, city council, and this yeah. certain cities that they represent. That's all. That's all, way beyond my pay grade. Yes. And so there's nothing I can do about that. But um, and, and sometimes I, d I don't agree with the amount of protection officers get. It's ridiculous because now we lead up to these problems. Yes. Where it's fucking something really serious. Yep. And now it's causing major problems locally and shit nationally and worldwide. But um, there's definitely special treatment for officers who know firsthand of people who have the power to fire people or not. There definitely mm -hmm. is. There definitely is. Even within our department. And back then, poli policing back then was totally different too. They didn't take you to jail. If you were if, if if you were trouble if you were causing problems in the neighborhood, the officers found out who you were. Dude, they'd take they'd come pick you up. They'll drive around and look for you. They'll pick you up. They'll take you somewhere and they beat the shit out of you. And they tell you, hey, I better not have any more problems with you in my neighborhood. That's it. They didn't take you to jail. My dad told me several stories because my dad was a troublemaker. Him and his buddies. And they said they'd pick him up. They'd pick one of one of his buddies up. And he'd be like, God, fuck that, I know, what the, I know what they're gonna do to him. So they would follow the police officers. Mm. And they'd go to some damn, you know, back then there wasn't, you know, there's was a lot of rural area. Go somewhere out in the, in the woods or something, a rural area, and they just beat the shit out of their, his friend. All right, let's go get him, man. He's laying over there on the ground, they're gone. And it's, that's the way they did police work. And back then it was, it was worse. Yeah. But um, it's totally different now, but then, yeah, there's still, people get the special treatment from time to time. So I know we were going to do this podcast a while back. Um, this is the first podcast I've done. So thank you, first of all, because mm -hmm. you're helping me re-jumpstart doing the podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, but we were going to do this when it was like the height of uh, George Floyd and, and the uh, protests and such. And uh, I had asked a question on Instagram for people who were curious or wanted to ask questions of a um, ask questions to a police officer who may not get the opportunity. So I'm going to ask you these questions um, based off of what was asked. Okay. And uh, one of the questions was about training. And um, I know we've talked about this before, but we haven't talked um, about it on the podcast. And so what do you feel like? So obviously there is. Obviously, these incidences that are occurring don't represent the whole. But there are issues when it comes to officers who go on power trips or who believe that they are above the citizens and they act on these beliefs, um, which in turn turns into a bigger issue because it's now caught on camera or it is uh, videotaped and the whole nation sees it. So obviously there are these issues that occur um, in individual scenarios, but as a way to mitigate these issues i don't believe defunding the police is an answer and so when it comes to training um you have said and i think it is kind of well known that training is an issue what is the issue with the current system as far as training goes and how can it be better implemented uh training needs to be more frequent do you believe that training is the biggest issue right now? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Training and psychological evaluations. Okay. 
I think those need to coincide together. Uh, I think the psychological stuff, it needs to be like every six months. And it needs to be outsourced to third-party people. It can't be, so we have our own psych services within the department. We got, I think, two people. It can't be them, okay? Because they work for the department. Mm-hmm. They can be a little biased, mm-hmm. right? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that officer. Mm-hmm. You know, the potential is there. Whether or not they would be like that, but the potential is definitely there. Yes. It needs <coughs> to be third-party. Is it, is it psychiatrist or psych- psychologist? Uh, that do I don't know it's one of the I don't know who does the yeah okay the brain whether or not you you're going bananas or not it needs to be that it needs to be six every six months you go to a third party uh, uh, specialist and they're gonna interview you talk to you see where you're at in your state of mind and then make the judgment from there whether you're still fit for duty or not and I think that's very important because the stuff we see on a daily basis in, in, in encounter I'm telling it's it's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons why we have the highest suicide rate in a, in a profession. It's just it's, it's a lot for one man or woman to to take. I mean, hell, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I've seen a, a two three week old baby chopped to pieces. I've seen a two year old, uh, uh, the aftermath of a two year old flying out of a car seat, smashes his head on a, on a wooden post. Uh, seen a guy. Uh, run into an 18-wheeler on a highway, completely cut his head off. Uh, I seen a guy on a motorcycle in an accident where uh, he crashed into a car. The car had a chip of metal hanging out from the door, sliced mm-hmm. him right in half. Um, a dude got in crash in, the, uh, in a construction site, rode his Jeep. He hit the, you know, those little concrete barriers they have. Uh-huh. There was a piece of rod, iron rod sticking out. Rebar. Yeah, rebar, yeah, rebar sticking out. I mean, it just slices him in the top of the head, dead right there. I mean, people shot several times, face blown off. I mean, you know, women being beat, you look at them, and they don't even look like their driver's license picture. You know, it's uh, people stabbed, stabbed in the neck, face, arms. I mean, um, it's just, that's just something I've seen. Yeah. Not to mention all these officers around this country. And so it, it's a lot to take it. Children getting beat, getting hurt, you know. Um, and, and it's it's a lot for one person. Uh, to, and it, if you think you can handle it all, bullshit. You gotta be able to talk to somebody. And I think that's I think that's where where it starts from there. Real quick, I think that that's something that people don't take into account. I think that there are too many people who throw out their opinions, but don't understand what it's like to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. So they're expecting police officers to stay completely calm and to act accordingly and to act perfectly as the perfect citizen, but not realizing what you guys have seen. Because if they saw it, my assumption is their viewpoints would be different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let somebody ride around with an officer for a month. Yeah. And just see what they see. And, 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 and you might have a different opinion. Yeah. Um, so it it, uh, it starts with the psychological. Yeah. The training evaluation. Uh-huh. And so then the next thing is like psychological and then training. Training is number one. So like you know, uh, and um, so that's what lacks a bunt a lot. What is the what is required of the current training system? So for us, we for us, um, our academy is 
so we have the TCLO, which is the Texas Commission Law Enforcement Office Agency sound, but I don't know that, what it means. But in in order to be a Texas police officer, you have to have X amount of hours. Um, I don't know exactly what it is. You okay. have to have X amount of hours to be a police officer, the bare minimum. For the city of San Antonio, we do double the hours. So um, we're a little bit more trained on that part as far as just getting your basic Texas police officer's license. Um, and so after that, when you're SAPD and you're out on your own, you only go to training once, uh, once a year for one week, five once days a year. Yeah, five days for one week. One week out of the year, you spend training. It gets better. So, <laughs> one day out of that week is gonna be like administrative stuff, which is gonna be like, um, you know, you're a city employee. You gotta go over like, you know, sexual harassment. HR stuff, you gotta go, uh, um, um, we gotta go over like legislative updates, new legislative updates uh, through Texas or or, or uh, uh, federal and local level, um, or any new um, uh, city updates, you know, think codes that are coming out, mm -hmm. the new ones, new traffic codes, things like that. Uh, then you have to do like you do the cultural diversity and, and, and stuff like that and uh, de-escalation stuff so that's one day the next another day is all driving because we drive a city vehicle so it's either we'll drive for eight hours on a track or we'll um, we'll have to do defensive driving because we drive a city vehicle so because we do that, we have the city says we have to do defensive driving, which is I think is that day is a waste because we drive every day at work. We should be exempt from that type of mm -hmm. training because I can understand regular city employees, you know, who work in like the IT people. They work in an office. Hey, we got a computer down at one of the offices. Okay, you got to get in your in the city vehicle and drive over there. Okay, those people, yes. They need to go to the defensive driving and do that stuff. But us, we should be exempt for it because we're in a police vehicle 24-7. Yeah. And it's like we, we shouldn't have to do that. So one driving is the logistics stuff, the administrative stuff. One, I mean, one day's that. One day is going to be driving. Okay, so that's two days already gone. Yep. We still haven't even touched tactics yet. Yep. The other day, one day is physical training. Uh... <laughs> Taking our pictures for administrative things. Um, and that's a half day. That's always on Friday. You do a, We do our gas mask fit test. They check your gas mask. Okay, so that's that's our... Fr Friday's just a waste day. Friday's just PT and, and the gas mask, and you're done. So that's a half a day. What's the level of PT? The level of PT is like... A high so, school football workout or something? No, this is, this is what frustrates you too, is that... They don't make it mandatory. So you can go in and say you're not feeling well, you're sick, and you don't have to do PT. The only incentive to do PT is that you can get up to five days off for that year, five free days off. Just for doing the, the yeah, physical so training. If, yeah, we do your, I think your, we do push-ups, sit-ups, run, bike, and a jump and a sprint. Wow. So out of those, you can have the potential to get one day for each one if you max out or if you get max out on your points relative to your age whatever your age is mm -hmm. 
So that that's fr- that's on Friday, and Friday's just a waste. So so that's the third day already gone. So now there's two days. So left. now we have two days to work on stuff that actually pertains to your hands-on job that you're going to do. One day is going to be tactics, where they usually split the group. First half do you know we're going to work. You know we have a bit we have a little uh, 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 um, village scenario, a little street in houses that we work on there and then uh, the other half will work on some other things whether it be like traffic stops or you know things like that or run through scenarios you know hey we're going to the house this is what we got handle the call we're going to watch it so one day is that at eight hours we get some real tactics in and then the other day is going to be shooting so and we have to requalify with our weapon and in the city is so generous they give us a hundred rounds to train on marksmanship. A hundred rounds. That's one day's worth of shooting. Not even. A couple hours. <laughs> Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. If that. But the guys got it. The, the, the shooting uh, uh, instructors, they have to stretch it out to make it last an eight-hour block. But it's a hundred rounds. Magazines. I mean, we, we when we load up, we, we use 45 rounds when we load up both our magazines. So a hundred rounds is two, bo- two, clips. two boxes of ammo. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah, two boxes of ammo. Two boxes of ammo. That you're gonna have an officer go out on the street and he's gonna be responsible for taking or saving a life. And you're gonna give him a hundred rounds to practice for the year. And expect him, hey, you better not fuck up. Or that's your ass. But you want him to act like a superstar too. Mm-hmm. But he's poorly trained. So that's my issue is it, the, there is something seriously wrong with the training because when when I was in the Marines, dude, we do work up. We tra- every day was training. Yeah, for like no matter many, what it was. How many weeks? It would like we trained every day. Every day was a training day. But yeah. when, we, when we were going on on a, on a tour on a deployment, hell, months before that, oh, yeah. and then even leading up to it, like a few weeks before, we'd go on a damn two week, one week training op. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we're doing. We're doing everything. Every scenario we think we could throw at, we're getting thrown at us. And we're doing them over and over and over and over. And it's like, so that way, when you're into that scenario, you know, your, your, your training naturally kicks in. Because when your brain goes to mush and you start to get that tunnel vision, you're going to start blacking out. You don't know where the hell you're at. Like, your, your body, your mind is going to resort to something. Yeah. Fight or flight. What are you gonna do? And and if you're properly trained, yes, it's gonna be. It's 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 strange how it works, dude. It just it's it's. I guess it's great the way the the human mind is. It's like you just start doing what you're naturally doing. Yeah, I did that. I I locked up too. I froze up the first time we were in a firefight. In in war. Yeah, I froze. I didn't know. I was like, so we got hit with RPGs and small arms fire, and I'm like, and for a minute I was like, what the fuck? What? And then. It was. It felt like it was like a couple minutes that I was like out of it, but probably in reality it was only a few seconds. Wow! But I was like, oh shit! And then it just everything just started going like training I was training. Yeah. But if you were if you were in that scenario, on a police officer's training regime, you would have fucking froze and not know what to do at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because so you barely ever train as a police officer. Exactly. So it'd be the complete opposite. You'd be like, you know. Uh, no telling what you would do. Yeah. No telling what you do. But um, 
But that's definitely that, that's where the issue is at. Train is training one hundred percent. Training is that not even just like tactics wise, but just training like when you do training on uh, yeah, we do the cultural diversity and you know, you know, being respectful of people's you know whatever they want to call themselves, people with different uh, uh, races. You know how how they communicate with each other, how they act. You know, people on the east side, west side act totally different, respond totally different to things, talk totally different. People on the north side, south side, again, totally different. So the training and knowing, you know, how to talk to particular groups of people. And mm-hmm. uh, and we like that. And that, that's where, that's I think that's where the main issue is. You know, training and training in, in people, knowing how to deal with people, training in tactics, and the psychological. Those are the main three things. And taking money away from us. So a lot of it is, all of this is budgeted by the city. The city is the one that's going to give us money to do this. And the city saying, no, we're not going to give you money. I says, well, then, you know, we're not going to get trained. Yeah. But then we go out on the streets and somebody fucks up. It's like, that's why they crucify the officers because, hey, you did that, not us. And then what do they do? The officers get a good lawyer. They sue back and they win. Because come to find mm. out, hey, the lawyer says, hey, you had, this, you had my client go out in the streets and I'm looking at your training regimen here and uh, he's only had eight hours of training, tactical training. Uh, and you think that's sufficient enough for somebody to do their job proficiently? Mm. And that's where that's where officers started to get help is because of that. Yeah. But that's what it is. And it's like the defund thing is like, it's absolutely bizarre. bizarre. It's like, you can't do that. If anything, they need more money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's some. There's probably some jobs that officers do that civilians can take over. Hey, that I'm fine. Restructuring the money, figuring out where, where the priority needs to be set. Let's do that. But taking money away, you know, having officers, making uh, 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 firing officers. You know, you, it's like that's not going to fix it. Yeah, I think this issue is definitely way more complex as well because absolutely. Because it comes to like defunding the police sounds ridiculous, right? But then also because I guess people don't have trust in the system, they believe even though the answer may be giving them more money, they don't believe that that money is going to be put to good use. So I think that's where they think Mm -hmm. defunding is the answer. Mm But again, like there's so many different complexities. And as far as like individual situations, what another thing, see, I'm I'm playing, trying to play both sides. And another issue I think um, is not talked about is, I think I've talked to you about this before. Um, It's kind of like, we see that on a daily basis, there are cops who may, let's say a cop interacts with a black man and tells the black man get your hands out of your pockets but is not going to say that to the white man so that inherently inherently is an issue but then there's also the issue of that cop may be working in the hood all the time where all they see is let's say black people in the hood and so there's going to be like naturally to stay safe the cop is going to do what he needs to do based on what he sees over and over and over 
and I guess that's a problem. Like, um, a cop can see uh, 15 people and make a judgment based on seeing those 15 people, and he can be right nine out of the 10 times, but if he's wrong once, people blow it up and say he shouldn't have made that judgment. Mm -hmm. But it's kept him alive nine out of the 10 times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think we talked about this before a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's like, you know, people that will, you know, they're profiling or officers profile their, uh, um, but what it is, like I said, so I work, you know, I can't say all, all officers are like this, but for me, everybody's a threat. I don't care who you are. I don't care what side of time I'm on, what color you are, everybody's a threat. Nobody has their hands in their pockets when I'm talking to them. If they do, if they want to keep their hands in their pockets, I'll say, hey, keep your hands out of your pockets. I pat them down. Okay, put your hands in your pockets all you want. Because the unknown is always the threat. So, um, I can't say that for other officers. I don't know if they do. There's some. There's a lot of officers that get complacent mm-hmm. where they won't even bother to acknowledge it. But, so, <clears throat> I know the area I work, you know, uh, it's, it's not the best area. So I'm always trying to be alert because it's not the best area. It's not the best area. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna go home. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let somebody get to jump on me and fucking take my life. No. So I do what I need to do to stay alive. So everybody's a threat to me until I deem them not a threat. So, um, but what happened is that like you know so what I see on on the west side is you know. <sighs> Mainly Mexicans and blacks, they typically wear the same type of clothes, wear them the same way, uh, usually wear the same type of colors um, that are associated with dudes that are committing criminal acts. So I see it over and over and over and over. Yeah. So I know what to look for. Yes. I know that this type of person usually has something on him or usually up to no good. So I just stay more alerted to them. Uh, it's not that you know, I'm profiling or, you know, uh, vi- trying to violate their civil rights. It's just like, that is what I see every day. That, yeah. that, that, is, that is what I know could be the possible threat. So, of course, I'm going to watch them and, you know, and keep my eye on them and, you know, patrol in the area. Let them know, hey, you're not going to come around this neighborhood, do your business here, scare people in the community, uh, you know, sell your drugs or sell your weapons or whatever. You're not going to do that here. So I make myself present. And then sometimes I interrupt them. I get in their lives. And um, But it's not that, you know, I'm not racist or that... It's not that I'm racist or prejudiced against a particular group. It's just I know what I'm looking for. And that's typically what it is. See, and... And, and I'd be so... <clears throat> I would be a poor officer in, and... Um, foolish enough to think that hey that's not a threat hey, that's, that, that guy's not a problem and just ignore it and then what do they do maybe they go and break into somebody's house or maybe they rob somebody at a bus stop you know or maybe they you know they kill somebody maybe they kill me or my partner so I'm not being biased I'm just I'm just doing my job but here's the thing though I think it is biased but it's necessary see what people don't realize is If I were to walk into that neighborhood wearing those things and I'm, I'm 
innocent, not doing anything, and you stop me, let's say I'm the person who screams, you know, cops are racist. I'm going to say, hey, why are you profiling me? You're, you're a fucking racist, dirty cop. Mm-hmm. But I'm not taking into account that you're the one who's in that neighborhood and you, that's all you see. Mm-hmm. And I go there dressed the same way. You're not picking me and saying, Julian, you're just saying, hey, this is what I see in this neighborhood that's usually up to no good. But I'm going to take it as, hey, you picked me out of the bunch. Mm-hmm. You know? And so people don't realize that. Again, like I'm saying, there, I think there are too many people out there who want to spew their opinion without putting themselves in the cops' shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to like... Um, Kind of like to change the subject a little bit, you know, when it comes to like cops using lethal force, um, obviously you're a cop and I've talked to you about this and you have a better judgment of when is necessary to use force and whatnot uh, based on, for one, you've been to war and two, you've had way more training because of your military experience than the average cop. Um what do you think the percentages of cops out there in our current system are undertrained, and what do you think is the solution? Not just not just saying more training, but like I don't know if you ever heard uh, the podcast with Jocko, mm-hmm. where he mentions that cops should be training forty percent of the time, not just one week out of the year. Oh yeah, I believe it. So like, what percent of cops do you think are undertrained? I would say seventy percent. Seventy percent. Yeah, it's. You want to talk about a, 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 what do you call it, a pandemic or something like that? That would be it. It's just that like, is a legit. Yeah. I would I would say seventy percent. Wow. And it's uh and usually the ones that. The ones that aren't within that are, typically prior military. Yeah. Uh, and because a lot of people like they they don't understand the expectation of this job when they sign up for it. They're just hey, I'm gonna go. It pays well. Get to carry a gun. Tell people what to do. I said, there's a lot more than just when you graduate the academy. Like, like I said, I know Jocko was talking about that. He's like, yeah, you, the jujitsu thing is great. Yes. You, you know, getting mm-hmm. you learning how, learning how, because they, like I said, so within that one week of training at the academy, we literally spend like two hours or three hours going over like certain moves, how to do it. Hand to hand. Yeah, but it's like, it's real basic. It's like they we had a baton last last year was with a baton, the the the, the little stick. Yeah. Right? And they showed us strikes. So we're all in the gym and doing our no one's taking it serious. We're just yeah, man, whatever. Okay, you wanna you wanna get somebody to comply, put the you know, put the uh, uh the baton, put it through their arm, behind their back, do this shit. like, you know, like people are just going through the motions and all that. That's like that's not real training. That's not real training that <laughs> doesn't get it done. Uh but yeah, it's uh it's that like officers making the extra initiative to get themselves better mm-hmm. and they just don't do that they don't do that that, that, that that's where it's at because yeah this can mandate some of this oh, shit. the city can mandate you know certain hours and certain training but at the end of the day it's going to come down to the specific individual mm-hmm. to better themselves it's like anything else yeah, and I think people expect cops like to be all great and mighty, right? But yeah. people don't realize that cops are just like humans, and the average human is not willing to put in the work necessary to become great at what they're doing. Exactly. 
Exactly. That's just the honest truth about it. it regardless is. of whether you're a cop, regardless of whether yeah. you're, you know, mm-hmm. uh, an office worker, regardless of whether you're a trash can man, mm-hmm. you're not. The average human just doesn't put in the necessary work mm-hmm. to become efficient. Yeah, and then we talk about this, like, you know, and then people get the power trip. Yeah. You know, you get somebody who, you know, who wasn't very popular in school or, you know, and then, you know, all of a sudden they have a gun and a badge and they just expect everybody to do what they say. Yeah. And so they don't do anything to better themselves. And then they get put into a scenario where they're going to run into that person that don't give a shit who you are or what mm-hmm. you have on your chest. And they're going to put up a fight. And what the hell are you going to do? And you've been running around the streets using your badge and your gun as your authority. Because to everybody else who stood down. Yeah. Cause uh-huh. And then, you know, you get that one person, you yell at them, ooh, and they cower down. Yep. Oh, I got some more confidence. Mm-hmm. And you go to another person, you do your same shit. Or you get even more confident. Mm-hmm. Your chest gets bigger, bigger, and bigger. By the time you're walking around like you're fucking invisible. Mm-hmm. Like you can do whatever you want, say whatever you want to people, and that you're that you know, that you're the authority and that's it. You're the end all do all. Yeah. Uh uh-uh, uh is in reality it ain't like that. Yep. Some some people don't give a shit what you have on your chest. Uh-huh. Okay. At the bottom line, you know, it comes down to just talking to people, right? You get a lot more out of talking to people right than talking down to them like they're pieces of shit. Yeah. And uh, that's where these officers start to fail. I mean, they, they, their heads get too damn big. They get too damn confident thinking that they're above everybody, thinking that, you know, the people they come in contact with uh, uh, are not on their level. They're better than them. Like, no, not at all. When do you feel like you – do you ever feel like as um, in your early career as an officer – you kind of felt power with a gun and a badge, and you learned. No, I didn't feel power. I felt uh, early in my year, like I didn't take no shit from anybody. Mm-hmm. It was like do as do as I say, and that's it. Yeah. So you th- and, you think you also went through somewhat what? I never thought that I was above anybody, or I never thought that there was somebody out there that can kick my ass. I just my mentality was like, hey, you need to do what I tell you to do. Because if not, then I think in my mind that the situation would get out of control. It's going to escalate. It's going to escalate. And over there on the west side, the way it works over there is like they can sense new officers. Mm-hmm. And if you don't come at them with a confident demeanor, they're going to walk all over you. They're going to take advantage of you. And so what happens is that they take advantage of me. Then the next officer that shows up next week, they're going to do the same thing to them. Mm-hmm. They're going to think they can take advantage of them. And the other officer that comes up, they're going to think they can take advantage of them. And once they get that mentality... You know, it's like the other side of the spectrum with that. They start to get more and more confident. Yes. Okay, okay, now, fuck the laws. I can do whatever I want. They have no respect for the laws. They're not going to have respect for your mom walking down the street. Yeah. And they beat her ass up and take her phone or her wallet or purse. Okay. So they got to learn to respect the authority. So that's why, that was my mentality. Like, hey, you're going to respect my authority because if you don't respect me, you're not going to respect the average person walking around here on the streets or the clerk that's working in the gas station you know, trying to struggle and make a living, and mm-hmm. you're going to go in there and rob them. So if you can't respect me, you're not going to respect them people. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to tell you. I didn't think I was better than me. I just, like, I didn't take no shit from anybody. If I said to do it, you did. If you didn't, then I'm going to put my hands on you. And if we fight, we fight. And uh, through maybe after a few years, you know, I got tired of, you know, fighting. It was like, it's stupid. Like, why am I getting into this shit? Like, so then I started just to talk to people different. And uh, so, and I think that 
I know that that's what what helped a lot. Wow. You know, um, just talking to people, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of times people just want to vent, so we'll yeah. go to the we'll go to the, I'll go to the house. They'll tell me everything that's going on, and I'm like, okay, well, what would you like me to do? How can I help you? And a lot of times they're like, you know what, sir? Thanks for just talking to me, sitting here listening. Like a lot, they, they like that a lot, and it's crazy. But you know, a lot of times people just want somebody to talk to. They don't want they don't want us there to necessarily just fix their problems or take somebody to the jail. They need somebody to talk to. Yeah. And uh, uh, but I learned that you know just talking to people, right? You know, even because my earlier days, you know, somebody would get yelled get loud and cuss at me I'm gonna fucking get loud and cuss back yeah mm-hmm. so now what I do is somebody gets loud and starts cussing at me I bring it down I tell them hey man I'm talking to you right I just want you to talk to me right yeah and I said I'm not talking down to you I'm talking to you man to man I just want the same from you if you want to keep going this route we can go this route I don't care but I'd rather talk to you like this I think that's a big thing like you know the whole de-escalation mm-hmm. training and stuff mm-hmm you have experienced or you have you have the experience to understand how to de-escalate a situation mm-hmm. so as well as training that needs to be put in place way more huh yeah and it, i was just at that what on 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 sunday saturday, saturday we go to the court which is like the projects i go over there for a couple fighting or arguing or whatever and i get there and uh the alazan courts are typically mexican families well, it was a black family and I'm like, okay. So I get there and <laughs> fucking 10, 15 people outside. And it's just me there right now. And everybody's arguing, yelling, screaming, like fucking going nuts. And there was two guys there. You were by yourself? Yeah, my partner was coming, but they okay. weren't there yet. So two guys there and they were about to fucking get it on. And it's crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like people sit, they'll sit in, in the front yard and talk shit to each other. And they won't get close to each other. But as soon as the police arrive, then that's when they want to fucking go after people. Uh-huh. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So I get there, right? And so now these guys are like, they're, they're about to square up. And I'm like, and one dude is a big motherfucker. Uh-huh. He had to have been like 6'3", 270. Jesus. He was big. And I'm like, God, I'm fucking about it. I'll tell people that are listening, I'm only 5'6". 5'6", <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> on a good day I'm 5'6 uh-huh. when the lights hitting me right uh, yeah I'm on 5'6 180 and then I'm like man this motherfucker can't he can throw my ass out of the way and go after this dude and whoop his ass and it's gonna be a hell of a fight uh-huh. and so they're screaming and yelling and getting each other and I'm, I'm holding them back but you know one on each arm so you're in between them yeah and so then I tell one of the there were some ladies there I said like, hey get him go take him and keep in mind everybody's yelling and I'm, I'm, I'm talking soft so I get the big guy. I'm like, hey, man, I need you to just chill out. Come over here and talk to me. When he just said that right now, guys, he looked up in the air yeah. <laughs> to reenact like he was looking at the guy. I was big. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, could, I can't look level. I was like, hey, man. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> I said, I need you to chill out. I need you to come over here and talk to me. Nah, fuck that guy. I'm going to murk him. I don't even know what murk means. I guess beat somebody yeah. up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to murk that motherfucker. Yeah, I'm going to fucking murk that fucking little youngster. He don't know shit. I'm like, man, just chill out. Chill. I started using your Just shit too. <laughs> I said, "Come over here and talk to me." And it was like that, you know. He's screaming and yelling. I'm trying. I'm talking low, and it took some patience, you know. And but we finally worked out. Excellent. We separated him. Started talking to him. Started telling me now what's going on because a lot of times, like, 
they just want their point heard. Yeah. So instead of me just, I could have easily gone to the scene, pulled out my taser, yelled at everybody, get the fuck on the ground, I'm going to tase you. Yeah. That would have been 10 times worse. Yeah. If I would have gone out, got a taser, and then they just think, oh, this cop just wants to show up to beat our ass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they're all going to turn against you. Yes. So I'm like, okay, let's first separate the people, the two aggressors, let's separate them, let's cause them the problems. I tell the guy, hey, talk to me. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. What's, talk to me, man. Okay. So it, it that, that worked, and I do that a lot, and it works. It's crazy. It works. It, but you know, that's when we talk about the training. Like we we need to run through scenarios like that while we're doing training to say, hey, this is how you do it. Don't just be in a classroom and read from a damn PowerPoint. These are your steps. No, you need to fucking be in it. Yeah. You need to be involved with people who have those strong emotions going on at that time. Because mm-hmm. that makes a total big difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you could say the wrong thing. One wrong word to fucking trigger and piss them off. And, you know, we need to be put in a scenario. That way we know what to do when we're in it. And um, it's just, it's crazy. The uh, Yeah, then the people would say, okay, yeah, well, you officers respond to these calls all the time. But for the most part, people are compliant. Mm-hmm. Okay, and for the time when it does go to shit, and the officer doesn't know what to do, it's just gonna go even worse. Yeah, even worse. Yep. So. so, as a police officer, um, I would like to hear, um, like what goes on in your life. So, like after this whole protesting and all this, how have you been received as an officer? Have you noticed the difference in the way people look at you, talk to you? It's been, uh, it's been half and half. Okay. Now it seems like usually the people who like I can tell that don't like me. Now it's like they're a bit more brave about it. Mm, <clears throat> interesting. So I was in line at at a gas station to pay for a drink, and this black dude is in front of me. I'm assuming you're in in uh, yeah in uniform. Yeah, and um, and uh, this black dude is in front of me. You know, pay no mind to him. I'm in there to get my drink and bullshit with the. Workers and all that, like I do, regular thing. And then, um, and so he gets done paying, paying. And then <laughs> he gets done paying, and as he's about to leave, he fucking points at the newspaper. Yeah, you see that? I'm gonna take care of y'all. And then he fucking walks out. I'm like, what the fuck? So I look, and this is uh, police brutality is going to end. And I'm like, this motherfucker here. So I get done paying and I go outside and I'm like, hey, come here. <laughs> you don't want to talk to me. He fucking just gets in his car, right? I was like, okay. And he's at the gas pumps. So I get in my car and I pull up next to him. Uh-huh. And I'm like, roll down your window. I'm telling him. So he looks at me real ugly and he's like, fuck you. Like you can tell he says, fuck you. And then he turns his music up real loud. And I'm like, you don't want to, I'm giving my hand signal. Like you don't want to talk to me. Uh-huh. And he's like, and then he fucking drives off. I'm like, so I want that engagement. I want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I want to see what his point of view is. Yes. You tell me where you're coming from. And let me tell you where I'm coming from. Yes. Maybe we can, maybe, maybe there's something I'm missing on my end that I'm not understanding. And maybe there's something on your end that you're not understanding. Yeah. So getting more people like that. And, you know, other people who look at me and uh, they'll see me on the streets or they look. I'm getting this a lot. They look at me and then they like shake their head, like like you're worthless. Like yeah, fuck yeah. you. Like they're shaking their head no, or they give me some ugly look. Um, so getting more and more of that, people being more like 
you know, I, I, I went to a call and lady started complaining on me right away because I didn't, I, because I was questioning her sister. She didn't like that I was doing that. And people just get more brave about being more confrontational with us. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. That, that's It's getting to a dangerous spot when you're doing that because, you know, you get some officers that are not trained well, that are young and you, and they're going to want confrontation. And you, something's going to start that don't need to start. Yeah. So d- definitely a lot more people being, uh, uh, um, how do you say it, more vocal towards us. Uh, but then it's, it's just more half and half. But, but then me, I've, I've been driving around the neighborhood. I see some black people. I'll go on a call, and there's some black people there. I talk to them. I say, hey, you know, because I, I want to know. I like, like, how do you feel? You know, are we, are we treating you right when we come out here? Do you feel like you've been uh, uh, racially profiled, or do you feel like you know we're racist out here? And for the most part, we, you know, I haven't heard much of too much negative yeah. feedback from anybody. I think that's a big thing. I read a quote yesterday that says, um, you know, the internet has uh, given people the comfort to talk shit and not get punched in the face for it. And I think that's a big thing. Is like, oh, that was, wasn't that Mike Tyson? Yeah, Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I think that's a big thing too. Is like now with all of these, the protests going on, the fact that we have video and people are getting video, people believe that they can say whatever they want to cops. And like, obviously, you did the right thing in not. You were the bigger man, right? In not confronting that guy at the gas station. But that guy shouldn't be able to just talk shit to you or be disrespectful to you and just go on about his day. Like, that kind of sucks. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That he feels that he has the power to just be disrespectful. But if a cop retaliates, therefore he's then the victim. Oh, the cop should be better than this. Yeah. How about. You be better than this. Yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely, yeah. If I would have grabbed them. Exactly. Gone from there, I was like, uh, I mean, yes, I would have been in the wrong. Uh, and then other people going to look, well, why'd you even grab them? You should have even grabbed them. So, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. But it's it's just, it's a double-edged sword. It's getting dangerous. And because, um, like I said, it, it, it's going to lead to uh, uh, confrontations that don't need to be had. I think, too, you know that, that, that we mentioned it about the cops and civilians? It's also like... I know this may sound, I don't know if this is the right way to put this, but I think it's ingrained into like just people in general is like you've grown up with the saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Mm -hmm. So when people say shit to you and you don't do anything because it shouldn't hurt you, then it's like people just feel this power. But if they were punched in the face the first time they said anything, they wouldn't be saying shit at all, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe school systems should let people fight. Like, if, if someone's talking shit, let them get beat up. But then we're protected. Oh, all I did was call him this. He shouldn't hit me for it. Well, then, now that the school system has protected you, you're going to feel that you're allowed to say whatever you want. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's part of that whole uh, that woke mentality thing that's been going on around here. Yeah, That's just like, you know... My my thoughts and feelings trump yours, and if you don't agree with it, then you're wrong. And I can say and do whatever I want, mm-hmm. but you can't do anything to me. Yeah. And you have to agree with me, and if you don't agree with me, then fuck you. Know, you. you yeah, fuck you. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, why can't you just have different views from somebody else, and that's mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. And I know it's nuts. And the thing, like, you know, we talk about politics before, and, and I'm like, you know, and I've been thinking more and more, and I was like, 
uh, and I th- you, you mentioned it too, it's like, you know, then politics at the level is like, what does it affect me in my house? Like, how much am I really affected by who the fuck the goddamn governor is or who, who the, the president senator is, who the president is, who the vice What? How much does that really affect me? Like, I mean, when I think about it, I think the only thing that really affected was like when I do taxes at the end of the year. Yeah. Whether how much I get back or not or how much they take out of my check. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only like direct impact I have on the federal level of politics. And I'm like, why do I, why would I let that shit consume me so much or be so frustrated with somebody else who sees another way mm-hmm. in politics? I'm like, I'm like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, why am I going to waste my time with that shit? Yeah. It, it doesn't affect me that much. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's nuts. You know what's That's crazy? why I turned all my social media off. I'm yeah, like, I noticed so that. So okay, so how long have you not? Ha- yeah, how long have you had social media? Off? E- ever since the George, George Floyd thing kicked off. Okay, I started seeing all that stuff. But I was like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. I mean, I turned it all off. It's like, you know, people want to fucking live in a world of hate. You know, have nothing but fucking anger and resentment and hatred towards people. You know what? You live in that fucking world. I says this world's a lot better than what. You're portraying it as and oh, yeah. it as. Oh, yeah. I says, I'm going to do my thing here and I'm going to enjoy my life. And how's that been? It's been great, man. Dude, because I'm addicted. I'll be honest with you. I'm addicted to Instagram. Like, it's so yeah. hard. If I'm not if I'm not physically doing something, I'm like, damn, what's on Instagram? And damn, I found myself doing that. Yeah. Like, at work, I'd be like, you know, I get done with a call. I go and park and get out my phone. And I'm looking. I'm like. Yeah. And then I find myself looking at something else. I look at something else. I'm like, dude, this is fucking... And you know, Toxic. a lot of times I feel like I'm searching for something that's never there. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm gonna find something that's important, so I just continue to scroll. Yeah. And just continue. Yeah, I can see but that. realistically, none of it's important. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I can see that. Now, if it was just like, um, you know, like a social media platform where it's just, just your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, just your friends specific. You mm-hmm. know, that would be more, I guess, what you say, therapeutic, you know, better for you. Like, you know, you keep in contact with your close friends. Like, me, it would be great, like, if they had one like that. And then, you know, I can keep track of the buddies I was with in the Marine Corps and stuff like that, people I've met throughout the years, and that are the friends I don't get to see because they don't live here. That would be great. But the fact that, you know, all this other stuff gets filtered into it, you know, and it just, it sucks, man. It's growing too big. Yeah, yeah. And I was listening to... Uh, a thing on YouTube and the way that dude was describing the way social media is, is it's an addiction. Yep. Uh, I don't know how he p- described it in the brain and stuff like that, but it's like an addiction like gambling, every an time addiction you, like alcohol. Every time you get something that you like or you see something you like, you get a little dopamine what, hit. Yeah, there you go. D- uh, dopamine, that's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it was, he said it was an addiction like that. He said, and if you don't separate yourself from the damn social media, your phone, or anything like that, it's just, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. I think I'm getting there. And then, and then we're forgetting about, you know, how to just have communication with people. Yeah. You know, which is what the human mind and the person needs and wants. Yeah. And so I was like, I said, man, you know what? He's fucking 100% right. Yeah. We, he said, we, we've gone into this life of instant gratification, you know? Oh, I want to date somebody? Boom. Let me hit a button. Boom. There I'm dating them. Yeah. Oh, I want to get pizza? Boom. Let me hit a button. There's pizza. Oh, I want that from Amazon. Boom, there's a button in Amazon. Oh, it's going to get here in a day. Excellent. Boom. And so he says, we live in the world of instant gratification where we don't know how to realize the value of working for something that you fucking really want. And when you achieve it, 
it's very fulfilling and gratifying to you. Yeah. And we've gone away from that. I'm like, shit, man, you're fucking right on, dude. And you know what's true is we're seeing now that people give up on shit so much faster. Maybe not faster, but I feel like because of this instant gratification, you get things right when you want it. You get things right when you want it. People aren't willing to put the work in. So, like, let's say they start a new weight loss diet. They didn't lose five pounds by tomorrow. Fuck, this thing doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Anything oh. worth good having, you have to fucking work for it. Yep. And we're losing. I feel like we're losing that. Yeah. And that's what he, he described that like in the workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, you get these millennials that are going to work. They're going to work for a big company. And they want $90,000. Yeah. Right. They're there for two years and wondering why they haven't got a raise and wondering why they're not in a manager position. I said, hello. I said, you need to put in 15, 20 plus years if you want to fucking some type of supervisor management position if you're going to work for a corporation. I was like, you got to put in the work. That ain't just going to be given to you. Yeah. And so... Because as we say, it's because their whole life they've been living through this instant gratification thing. Mommy and daddy tell them they're number one, they're the best, they can do whatever they want. But when they get in the real world, they realize, hey, you got to fucking work for what you want. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's some people out there who are fortunate enough to fall into lucky hands, you know, maybe be in a family that's uh, uh, well off. But for majority of Americans, you have to work for your shit. Yeah. And you know, like I said, there's more pride. Uh, you get more gratification out of it once you know you put in the work. And then you achieve something. So I wanted to get back to the whole cop thing because I want to ask you another question while I have you. Um, what's your guess on how many calls you have gotten on average per year? Is that is that too broad? No, maybe. What do you think's the average amount of calls you get per week, or that you go to? On average, on a day, yeah, let's go for a day. A day, it's usually about seven to twelve calls. So let's say ten. Yeah, ten a day. And so if you go to nights or, or next, uh, you know, a busy shift, it's easy going to be fifteen calls a day. Okay. So let's say ten on average. Uh huh. How many days do you work a week? Five days. Okay, so fifty calls a week ish mm-hmm. average. Times how many weeks are there? 52 or 56? 52? 52, I think. 52? So what was that? 50 times 52. So we're looking at 25, close to 2,500 calls a year. Uh How many of those out of of 2,500 calls, how many of those calls would you say you may not have done it perfectly to procedure? If you were to be honest, you think less than a hundred, or how many calls have gotten okay. Okay. out of hand? Would you say out of hand or haven't done it to procedure? There's a big difference. Okay, out, out, out of procedure, let's say. Okay, I didn't follow our general manual, which is our standard operating procedures. Uh, I would say half. Okay, half now, the calls. Okay, now how many got out of hand? <clears throat> If you were to just give me a guess out of 2,500, less than 50? Yeah, maybe, yeah. I would say that, yeah, there, there's not a bunch of times where, let, man, I would even, yeah, at least less than 50. I would say even less than 30. Okay, so let's say it's 50. That amounts to 2% if my math is right. I'm 2%. Not, I'm, I'm not good with math. So if you were to do 1% of 2,500 would be 25. So 50 would be 2%. So if you were to put that into perspective, your 
handling the situation I'm just I'm just throwing this out there for people to understand uh-huh. you're handling the situation correctly 98% of the time uh-huh. but you don't handle it correctly 2% of the time mm-hmm. and people think that you're some fucking horrible person yeah I think mm-hmm. people need to see like I understand like I, I totally get the side of like there is bad cops and there is the system may not be perfect but again we also need to take into account like you for example you're handling 2500 calls a year mm-hmm. three or four bad instances you haven't killed anybody so three or four bad instances you know doesn't make you a bad person mm-hmm. and I think just people people need to be more understanding on both sides and yeah. I think it's just human nature to overreact. Yeah, I it just it's it's, <clears throat> it's what gets spun on 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 social media and and the media itself. And um, like I said, you know, you know, if you look at the full spectrum of a call that that's fucked up, you know, then um, you know, see the whole video besides just see the snippet, which is what just causing people to uh, to go berserk over. Like the George Floyd thing, like, so I guess they released that other video. I the saw, body cam. I saw a little bit of it where, like, I saw it. He's saying in the back of the patrol car that he can't breathe. Y- yeah, he's and, saying he's claustrophobic. And then he was on that, um, what is that drug he was on? That, um, that shit they give elephants and shit. Tra- horse tranquilizers? No, it's uh, ketamine. No, fuck. It's that real dangerous shit that's, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it, but. Uh, fit, fentanyl. Oh, fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl. Yeah, yeah. Uh. He was on that, and I'm like, and dude, that that stuff like <laughs> it can turn you into a monster, man. Like give you superhuman strength too. Uh, but it's just, uh, you know, if you look at the whole video, like, you know, the officers exercise a bunch of patience. Yeah. At the beginning, you don't, and you don't see that. You just see. The other part of it where the dude's kneeling on him. Yeah, the fucking dude shouldn't have had his fucking knee on his back the whole time, on his neck. But uh, uh, it's just, um, if people just take the moment to sit back and like, okay, let me, let's look at everything before I make a judgment. And then, you know, like you, you, you could have saw that video and you shared it with your friend. Oh, this is fucked up. Look at that. And then they share it with their friend. It's all it takes. Yeah, and th- yeah, it's all t- you know. It's all it takes, and then it's fucking spread like a wildfire. Yeah, and then you're not gonna be able to convince them and change your mind once they have their mindset. Uh huh. It's over. But so, as a cop, what would you say to the normal person? Because you're somebody who's directly affected by this. What would you say to people just to be more understanding for your guys's point of views? Understand that the shit that you've seen, mm-hmm. no human should have to see in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just um. You know, you're having people understand what we what we've been what we've been through, or what that officer been through that day. When you come into contact with one, you don't know what they've been through that day. Hell, they can even have them. You know, there's a high divorce rate as well, too. You know, and then you have somebody who's having problems at the house with their kids, or wife, mm-hmm. husband, and goes into work. And then you know they have a gun in the badge, and they go to so. They're already coming from a toxic environment, and they're going back into another toxic environment. Yeah, and it's the ending cycle, never-ending cycle of just, yeah, just toxicness. And it's just like, you know, it, it, and it can destroy uh, any man or woman. No, no, they don't care how strong you are. It will. 
but just people being understanding of, you know, yeah, that officer may, you know, hey, man, he's got to be in a fucking dickhead with me, but you don't know what he's been through yet. Just, it's like, it comes to like, you know, having thick skin. Okay, yeah, he's going to yell at me. He's going to fucking give me a ticket, you know, whatever. Just, just deal with it because you putting the fight there, it doesn't make anything any better. And then it's going to lead to something that I don't want me. Because at the end of the day, if, if, if an officer wants to take charge and arrest you and be, be, you know, be the fucking king of the mountain on that call, he's going to fucking be the king of the mountain on that call. You're not going to fucking win. Well, you can get him back is if you have, if you genuinely have a problem with the way an officer treated you or wrongfully gave you a ticket, wrongfully arrested you, go to the internal affairs department and make your complaint there. Now, people say, oh, well, it's corrupted. I say, no, I ate. Back then, internal affairs probably brushed a lot of stuff under the rug. But now with the new day and age of cameras and accountability, like, that shit ain't going to get away anymore. I mean, we, we even have our supervisors that randomly review our body cam videos just to try to, you know, see if they're catching us slipping, trying to catch us doing things that we're not, we're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, they're, you know, so internal affairs is working like it's supposed to work. Um, but like I said, well, people get pissed off that officers get cut, get get breaks on things. Yeah. But that comes down to the contracts that we have. We're protected, mm-hmm. and people don't like that. But th- that's what it comes down to. It, they're not. They're not. The system's not corrupted. It's just that there's laws in place to protect us, and those laws are very good. And it's hard to get a loophole out of it mm-hmm. where you can't where you can't bind us up. So in a perfect world, let's let's see like let's let's try to think like in a perfect world. How can we go about this? What were some thing, What are some things that we can say? Like, I'm, I'm going to throw some things out and you tell me whether or not in a perfect world it would work. One, maybe... I was going to say less protection for police officers, but is that something that you would agree with? Less protection of police officers? What do you mean like... Like you're saying these laws protect police officers, mm-hmm. so it's hard to get them fired and such. In a perfect world, there needs to, I think there needs to, there needs to be a... Well, we could start off more training for sure. Mm-hmm. So you need more training, more training on communication, more training on tactics, mm-hmm. overall more training. Um, you need third-party uh, psychological reviews. Mm-hmm. Third, I'm, I'm assuming you would agree with third-party investigations when it comes to uh, cops mishandling situations? No? Because this is, I think... We already have that. Oh, you do? That's already in place. So we have a board. When you you have a complaint, you go to a review. You can go to a review board. They review your file. So the file is, I mean, the board is comprised of uh, uh, patrolmen, uh, as a patrolman, detectives, sergeants. That's not third-party, though. Hold on. And then there's civilians in there. Oh, yeah, there's civilians on the board as well. Uh, I don't know how many, maybe you think three or four, but it's a good mixture of patrolmen, detectives, sergeants, lieutenants, captains, uh, somebody from the chief's office, I think, and then the rest is civilians. And so everybody gets to hear the, the case and make, make their uh, judgment from there. So that, mm. that part is, is is taken care of. But... um. Damn, what, what was I going to talk about? The uh, uh, so on, on a national level, and and I think in a, in, in in a state and local level, like we need to have some. We need like I didn't, dude. I'm a police officer. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like 
when you get fired from a department, you're protected, and the other department can't figure out why you got fired. Like they can't release that information. Oh. And so other police departments hire this guy. Oh. And they, they don't know the specifics of why he got fired. So on a national level, like that how the fuck does that happen? So police departments don't know. Yeah, the, it's something. I I don't know what. I don't know if I'm. I'm almost 100 percent sure that like they can't release their files of why they were terminated. Interesting. Whether it, whether it, if they if they leave on their I think it's about if they leave on their own if they leave on their own account, then their records are sealed. But if they leave through something procedure wise where they're forced out, then it can be exposed. Okay. But mm-hmm. I think if they leave on their own, then so it's they can just they can just leave on their own before they're fired. Yeah, they're like, man, I fucked. I fucked up, man. Oh, hey, I, something's gonna happen. You know what? I'm gonna resign now. And so then they go and work somewhere else. They can't figure out why. Wow. They can't find out why he resigned. Interesting. And so that I, I don't agree with that at all. There needs to be a local, state, and federal level where this shit is being monitored. You know, officers are okay. What's going on with this officer? Why did he get fired? Or what's he investigated for? Okay, we'll put him in a database and all that. There needs to be accountability for that. And then, uh, our right, we, we have too many, too much rights for protection. So even and you as an officer. I, 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 yeah, I do. I've seen officers, like, they fuck up over and over and over. I'm like, and that, that that's insulting to me, man, because I'm doing shit right. Yeah. And this motherfucker keeps fucking up. And, and just he, gets slapped on the wrist. And he's doing the same goddamn time. job as me and getting paid more or less. Getting paid usually more because it's, uh, and I'm like, that's not fair, dude. Like, I'm doing it right. This motherfucker ain't doing it right. He's fucking cheating. You know, he, he's getting away with shit, but he still got his fucking job. Yeah. And it t- it's over and over and over, man. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. And I, I, that's not fair. Yeah. That's not fair. Nobody can keep fucking up and keep having their job. Because mm-hmm. this is what it leads to. Yes. Somebody's going to royally fuck up. Yes. And then cause this shit. Like that dude in... That Chauvin or whatever he had like eighteen. He had eighteen complaints against complaints. Him. Now I don't know how many of those were sustained, which means they they were they were good complaints and they stuck. But regardless, I'm like, I mean, if you look at my my file, I probably have maybe eight. In how many years? If eight, five, five or eight, I think. Uh, in fourteen years. Fourteen years. And I have one sustained. Which was legit. One was held up. Uh, yeah, it was legit. <laughs> so let me tell you that story. You know what? If, if you want to, let me tell you, you don't already, have to throw yourself under the. It's already done. <laughs> I'm right. already, I already got three days suspension for it. It's good. All right, let's hear it. So we get a. I get He's a, not a bad person, guys. All right? He's one yeah, of the best dudes. This is I actually know. funny. All right. So I work the night shift, so I get a call for an accident, a hit and run accident. And it was a call that was already holding from B shift, the next shift over. Mm-hmm. So I get the call. I get out there. Ain't nobody out of here. So there's somebody who wants to be contacted. I go contact them. Hey, what's going on? Hey, somebody hit my parked car out here. And they took off. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I was like, all right, well. I says, let me do the report. So I'm doing the report. And then uh, about 10 blocks away, a call comes out for, hey, this is a suspicious vehicle parked on the side of the street. It's got front end damage. There's somebody in the car. Keep in mind, it's 10 blocks away. It's, it's a good amount away. So my buddy gets that call, and he messaged me, hey, man, I think this 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 may have been the car that hit hit your car. There's a chick in there. She's sitting down in the driver's seat, but the car's not running. I'm like, all right. So 
I go over there, I get the girl, I put her in my car. I detain her, I put her in my car. She's fucking drunk, okay? But the car wasn't running, the car was parked. Uh, so, I leave her car there. Well, she was parked on the street where, I should have known. It's a fucking, the whole neighborhood's a shit, shithole. So, I leave the car there. Well, I didn't like the car. <laughs> I didn't leave the car there. Because at this time I'm mad, I'm like, God damn it, I think I'm about to do a, I don't know if they're going to fucking make me do a DWI. And I was like, what the fuck? But she wasn't driving and all this shit starts going through your head. Like, so I take her back to the scene and I'm talking now. Other neighbors are out. Hey, what's going on? Place right here. You know, people get nosy. Yeah. So she, they, I get there. I'm like, hey, can anybody tell me if what they saw here? We didn't hear anything. We just, we just, we didn't see anything. We just heard the bang. And when we came out, we saw his car damage. So nobody saw the driver. Nobody saw the car. I'm like, all right. Well, um, uh, so they get mad. The, the 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 owners of the vehicle get mad. Hey, I, I know they, I know that was her. I know she hit my car. I'm like, I says you didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, you need to do something. You need to arrest the lad. So they start making a big stink. I was like, dude, if nobody saw this girl drive behind the wheel, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. I just can't make a fucking case on this chick. Well, then she's in the back, and then she's getting rested. Yeah, get me the fuck out of here. Why ain't got me in here? Well, then she throws up in my fucking car, and it's worse. So I, now I have to fucking drag her out of the car. She throws up, and then uh, we have to start cleaning it up because it's fucking disgusting. I had wipes and all that shit. Uh, the neighbor got a water hose, and we sprayed in the back. Well, while that's going on, I get a call for... Now somebody's breaking into her fucking car. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're blocks away. And I got a burglary in progress at a vehicle. And uh, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So we get done with this shit. Now I'm frustrated. I'm like, God damn it. Now I'm doing two reports. Okay, now I got the fucking accident. Now I got to do a burglary report for her car. And so we <laughs> go back over there. And sure enough, you know, that I didn't lock it. So there's no force entry. So they took some shit out of there. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to take it for P.I. I need to get this fucking chick out of here. She can't tell me anything straight. Like, I can't get a good story out of her. I said, I'm going to take it for public intoxication. So I take her. And all the way there, she gets mad because she's going to jail now. So she's like, well, I was raped. And this is my younger days. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit more hothead. I said, you weren't oh. <laughs> were fucking raped. You're just fucking pissed off because you're going to jail now. You just tell me some bullshit. I was raped. You can't believe me. I was raped. And okay, where the fuck it happened at? I don't know. I was at a party. Well, who was there? I don't know. I was with some friends. What was the friend's name? I can't remember. I'm like, you. So everything was I don't know. Yes. I'm like, God damn it. And so now I have to call somebody. So I called the detective, tell him, hey, all right, we well, got to handle up as a rape, and you got to go take her to the. Uh, 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 method of specialty transplant to do a rape kit. So now I'm doing an accident report, doing a fucking burglary vehicle report. Now I'm doing a goddamn rape report. All in one night, yeah. all in the same call, yeah, basically. One, I just fucking started work. I'm like, goddamn, give me a break. Uh-huh. And so, dude, so I just, I was rude to her. I was pissed off. I let it get to me. And so she goes to jail. I mean, she, she, I leave her at the hospital. I do all the reports or whatever. Well, she calls and complains the next day that her stuff was stolen and I'm responsible and that I was rude to her. I didn't believe her. Of course, nothing happened with the fucking rape. It got dismissed because she would never call back. She would never talk to the detectives, call them back. So I ended up, I got a sustained complaint for rudeness 
and uh, failed to secure uh, uh, an AP's property. Mm. And they gave me three days for that. But I was like, but that was the only sustained I've had. Yeah. And I think that's not bad. I mean, we for 14 years of work, holy yeah. shit. So we've had other people do far worse and get far less happen to them. But yeah. That's what I that, think that's, that's the what problem. Pissed, yeah, right? that is a problem. So that's what, like, uh, we have too much protection. And I think it needs to be somebody needs to go through it and figure out, like, you know, okay, you can have protection. Okay. We, a lot of times we, we have that good faith act. We're working on good faith that protects us a lot. But it needs to come to a point where, okay, these, the, these certain particular subjects and pro, uh, uh, incidents are protected, but if you do these things over here, hey, you, you're on your own. You're fucking done. That's it. Mm -hmm. it. It needs to be like that. And somebody needs to go through and figure out well, how that needs to be changed because yeah, we, we have way too much protection, and I don't agree with it. My dad mentioned one thing, that, and he just threw this out there, that he thinks cops, if it comes down to something like a murder, cops should have to hire their own lawyers. They have to protect themselves. The taxpayer, which is us, shouldn't have to pay for the lawyer for the cop who murdered somebody. Does that make sense? I don't know who... <clears throat> is that, way, like, it like, is that like, the way it works right now? Well, I don't know. Like Chauvin, his lawyers are who? Appointed know. by the by the police station. You, the way it works for us is so I pay under Cleet. Cleet is a uh, 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 represent. They're they're based of they're basically made of composed of lawyers that uh -huh. work for police officers. So I pay that due, so that if I do get in trouble, I call them. Hey, I need a lawyer. So I I'm, I pay for my own lawyer. Nobody oh, pays for really? it. Yeah, nobody pays okay. for it. See. I pay for my own lawyer. That way, if I do get in trouble, I call them. Hey, I need a representative. They're gonna send one of their guys. Uh. They're going to represent me. So so we never have a lawyer that is, it's not like a, 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 it's not like a, a, a criminal where they get a lawyer appointed by the state and that's what we pay for. Yeah. No, it, it's not that. We have uh, to pay for our own lawyer. Ah, I see. And if okay. an officer goes outside of his union to get a lawyer, then they pay that on their own. So we have a couple lawyers in San Antonio. They're fucking top notch. Mm. And whenever officers truly fuck up, they go to him. They don't use cleat. They mm. use this dude because this dude is good. And so it's like, you know, you know, we, we, we're afforded that due process as well. And people don't want to give it to us. But That's true. Then they get pissed off when we exercise our due process and, yeah. and, and, and we, we get something. It's not the outcome that they want. Exactly. But it happens every fucking day. Yeah. Every day. The dude that shot at me on a call, he, you know, he should have got over 20 years. He only gets 12 years. You know, six years of good behavior, he gets out. You know, it's not fair, but that's what it is. He's, I mean, that's what his lawyer worked up the case with the DA's office. Yeah. That was his job. He did a good job. He only got him 12 years instead of 20. It happens. Yeah. That's the criminal justice system. Now, if you got a problem with that, yeah, people that. need to complain to something else yeah, other yeah, than yeah. just us. <clears throat> but yeah, it's, uh, uh, I, I think uh, we need, we need a, a revamp of the, of the uh, of the protection we get of our training and our psychological services for sure and i think that will have a better impact than just firing officers and taking money away from officers yeah but what do i know dude i'm just a fucking dumb patrolman <laughs> did you have to uh deal with any of the protesting in san antonio was no i didn't i don't sign up for that because that's a volunteer basis oh really yeah so i didn't sign up to be on that team for that sole purpose I ain't gonna have some. I'm. I'm. I mean, listen. I'm. I'm a patient man. You know, I 
treat people right, but you fucking throw something at me, I'm not going to stand there and let you throw yeah. something at me. Yeah. If we go on a call and you fucking throw something at me, we're fucking fighting. I might throw something right back. Yeah. And then we're going to start fighting. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take this shit. And I don't agree with any of that going on. And these protests are fucking nuts. Like, you have a right to protest. You don't have a right to destroy anything. Like, yeah. I don't think Martin Luther King ever fucking did that. But here's the thing. I think the media is telling you that these protests are all be- things being destroyed. Where that's not the case. My assumption is... I thought it was the other way around. They were, uh, kept saying it was peaceful. That's what I'm saying. No, the media sh- shows... Like, dude, think about it. When, when, when the protests were happening, they weren't showing the peaceful stuff because that's not exciting. They want to show people the chaos. But the chaos is only happening on one block where the protests are happening on 50 other blocks. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was peaceful in the beginning, and then the people actually there peacefully protesting, they leave, and then the fucking idiots come in at night. Okay. In the cover of dark, and then that's when they start their destruction. Yeah, but the but the news isn't showing you what's happening during the day. Mm-hmm. They're just showing you, you know, the destruction. Yeah. And so that's why it makes it seem like these protests are all destruction. And I don't even know why they call it. That's not even a protest anymore. That's just like, that's not a protest. Yeah. They're just... It's giving people, you know, everybody's been locked up in their fucking house. It's giving them a reason to fucking get out and just destroy and break shit and do what they want to do. Like, trying to live like the damn, that damn fucking movie. What's that movie? Fucking... Mad Max? No, that movie with it. Yeah, it could be Mad Max, but the one where the... All crime is legal for 24 hours. Oh, The Purge? Yeah, like, people, like, fulfilling some sick fantasies. They want to do all that. I'm like... It's it's out of control. It doesn't need to be like that. But I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think you are cla- like you're saying I don't agree with all this protests because you're thinking of the looting. Yeah. But you need to separate them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So if I were to just say to you like, hey, here's something that I feel that you could do is say I don't agree with the looting, of course. But. I do want reform just like people protesting want reform. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, I don't agree with the protesting because you think of the looting. Yeah. <clears throat> Essentially is what I'm getting at. I see that. So how have you been, man? How, I mean, other than all this going on, how's life? Good, good. We've just been uh, uh, trying to get out and do things as much as possible. We, we got back from, uh, we went to Florida, Destin. Yeah, how was that? It was fucking awesome. Yeah? What'd you guys do? You just decided to stay on the beach? Was there yeah, a we, specific thing you guys did? We got a condo and then we we, we just hell, we hung out at the beach for seven days and um, ate at a few restaurants, took the boys fishing on a fishing charter. Did they catch anything? Huh? Yeah, they caught a, they caught a five pound speckled uh, uh, trout. Oh, shit. Like humongous, big ass fish. Who reeled it in? Micah. Yeah. Yeah, and the even the the boat captain was like, "Oh my god, we gotta take a picture of this." So he was surprised. He said it was a really good fish. Yeah. And we ended up catching in two hours, dude. We caught five fish. Brought them back. He filleted them for us and everything. Cleaned them up. Went back and ate them that night. And it was fucking good. Good. Hell yeah, it was real. That's a real good clean fish. Yeah. And then um, one day we went to um, so at Destin they have they call it Crab Island. It's a it's a big ass sandbar. People go and drive their pontoon boats up. You anchor them. You just sit in the water, drink, sit in your, on the boat and drink. Well, fuck it. I've never driven a boat before, right? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm like, I'm driving. <laughs> well, fucking storm comes, uh-huh. right? So, everybody's going, because there's a big bridge, you know, that goes over the uh, crab by crab by. So, everybody goes under the bridge. And then when I think back in the, when I think about it now, I was like, 
we should just fucking stay out there. We're already getting wet. What the fuck does it matter if we're in the rain? Yeah. So going under the bridge, and there's already a bunch of boats in there. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, go in. Well, the waves start coming because of the storm and windy and <laughs> fucking boat. The fucking waves and the wind throw me into the concrete pillar. Boom! The fucking boat keeps hitting it. No <laughs> way. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> Did you buy the insurance? No, I didn't buy no goddamn insurance. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like trying to get off the get off the concrete pillar because it, it's, it's fucking up the canopy. And so, I'm like, oh, shit. Well, then the guy next to me, he's got his fancy little boat and he's more worried. Whatever well, move my boat. Well, motherfucker, move it. Hurry up because I'm fucking destroying this one. So, he moves in. I'm able to Anchor it up and get it, get it up on the uh, uh, on the shore, and I go and look, and the whole side of the boat is all dented, and the fucking there's a bracket, a U-shaped bracket that holds the the canopy. Uh-huh. Dude, it's all dented, laying like, looks like a fucking L now. Uh-huh. It look like a U. It's all like an L. And <laughs> the screw came out of it, and I'm like, oh my god. So now I'm there with my son's like toys. I'm trying to hammer that bracket back in. And, uh-huh put the screw back on and then the whole there's like a whole rubber sealant that goes around yeah. the border of it that all came out dude i'm in there like pouring ass rain i'm like why did i just fucking stay out there i was like what the fuck did i even come in here for uh-huh. so i'm there pouring ass rain just trying fixing all that and so i get it all cleaned up and i'm looking i'm like oh fuck. fucking dents all along the side <laughs> of it i'm like oh shit. i was like man and it was a 2019 <laughs> boat it's fairly new Brand still new so I'm like, man, I hope. So that was about midday, and I'm like, I couldn't even enjoy myself the rest of the day. I'm like, just worrying. <laughs> I told Casey, I said, let's take this fucking boat back already, man. We had the boat till six. We took it back at four thirty. I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with this no more. It's stressing me out. And I was like, so we take the boat back and we dock it, and we know we have to call them on the way, so because they're gonna be out there on the dock. And so he's like, get out. He's like, so how was it? Oh, it was great. Get the fuck out of here. Nothing, that's they didn't it. look it right, so I was like, "Fuck, Casey, they're gonna inspect the boat and they're gonna they're gonna charge me." And so, <laughs> I, I I call my credit card company. Hey, uh, I had a dispute with this boat company. I just made a charge with. If they try to do any additional charges, I need you to freeze it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Okay, sir. Well, we have to wait till they send in a final payment, but uh, uh we'll we'll look out for that and then." Uh, if you see something too, just let us know. I'm like, all right, great, thanks. Mm-hmm. And so I'm fucking waiting. It, t- it takes like 24 to 48 hours. And I finally look at the statement. Okay, good. They just charged me for the boat. They didn't charge me for damages. So I don't think they saw it. Wow. I lucked out, dude. I fucking, I'm never fucking ridden a boat again. <laughs> and if I do, if it starts damn storming in a monsoon or whatever. Just stay there. Like, fuck it. We're going to weather the storm, baby. Yeah. Let's fucking hold on. Did you know anybody in Florida? You just decided to go? No, we just went. Yeah, we didn't, don't know anybody. Why'd you pick there? Uh, we've gone there before. Oh, okay. And we wanted to go back. It's way better than the beaches in Texas. Yeah. Way better than Port A and South Padre. It's, yeah, yeah. It's really, really nice. But we had fun, man. I mean, we stayed out there seven days just beaching. Uh, beaching, swimming, that's it. And then um, here we got back. And then a week later, we went to Concan, Texas. It's a place on the Frio River. And just doing stuff in the Frio River. Big old slide jumping off rocks and mm-hmm. you know people hanging out in the water. That's good. Just trying to keep it normal, man. Because this stuff is crazy. This COVID stuff is like it's it's affecting so much, affecting so much. And then you know I I, I looked at the numbers like 
you know, we have the city shut down for 2% of the population that's sick. And out of that 2% that's sick, the death rate is 0. 0.08 or something like that. Or no, 0. 0.8, not yes. even 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like 515 that, no, that's statewide. We have like, like 47,000 or 57,000 Bear County sick that, that've gotten yes. it. And out of that, there's only like, I think 200 deaths or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like, like the numbers don't match up. It doesn't. And and all the people who are positive and haven't been tested, mm-hmm. that even means that there are more people with it, which makes the death rate even smaller. Yes, it's just, dude. It's <clears throat> I don't know. It's affecting so much, so much. Even people like you know in their houses and. You know, I didn't even think about it. My, you know, my wife was telling me, like, we got so many kids that are on, she's a teacher. She said, we got so many kids that uh, use the lunch plan. You know, they, they use the free lunch from the school. And, and now like, kids aren't able to and eat. These fucking kids can't eat. I'm like, yeah. they, they ate at school. That's when yep. they would eat because they don't have a lot of money. Yep. And I'm like, you had that. And then, you know, you have these kids that, <laughs> you have these kids, you know, getting abused at home now. And then, you know, pe- parents losing their job. And, you know, who are they going to take it out on? You know, like... Dude, it's it's sad. It makes me think, you know, like is it you know with the with the availability of information are we getting to the point where it's not worth it anymore? Like if if we had gone about our lives not knowing about this disease, we wouldn't what happened, you all right? <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank you. You good? Yeah. If we had gone on without, obviously it's like, oh, great. We know about the disease. We know how to take precautions. But if we had gone on without knowing about the disease at all, Mm -hmm. some people would die, of course. But we wouldn't shut everything down. People wouldn't be going crazy in their houses. I don't know, man. It's kind of like, is it worth it? Is it worth being able to know right when a new disease comes about in another country all the way across the world? Is it really worth it to know right away? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because right away, people are going to go get scared right away. Yeah, people, they get scared about everything. And yeah. then you tell them this, there's a fucking disease easily spreadable and easily contagious. And it's just, I don't, dude, it's, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And, the, uh, you know, and then they say, oh, we got to do this because we don't want to flood the hospitals. And I was like, what better opportunity do we have to test the structure in, in the work capacity of a hospital than something like this. This will expose any weaknesses you ha- they have in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Expose any weaknesses you have in a city, in a municipality. Uh-huh. If we don't have the structure and the manpower and the resources to combat something like this, you know, then we're obviously doing something wrong. So, you know what? Who cares if the fucking hospitals get crowded? You know, then, you know, you're going to learn through failure. Yeah. You have to be tested. Mm-hmm. Okay, you trying to keep the hospitals at fucking, you know, 70, 30% or 70, 60% capacity so you make everybody wear a mask so we don't flood the hospitals and overwhelm the hospitals. No, we need to overwhelm the hospitals. We need to test them. We need to see what they're capable of because that way if something like this happens again or maybe even worse, you know, we need to understand that, hey, we've been to this level before, this threshold before. We know we can take care of it. You know, this is what we need to do. These are the things we got to put in place so that we can sustain something like this. But you'll know, we're just going to avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. Yeah. You know, it comes down to like, you know, training for officers. You know, are you going to be ready for that uh, scenario where you get in a gunfight? 
Oh, I know. Well, I'm not going to train my guy. I don't, I don't want to train to shoot. I don't want to train to pull my zone. Okay. When you get put in that situation, you're going to be fucking exposed. Yeah. And so, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree with you know that. That's what they're trying to say. Oh, we can't flood the 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 hospitals or the 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 the, uh, the healthcare system. I'm like, it needs to get tested. This this is what we do to get tested. It needs to get tested. That way, we can combat this next time. Combat it next time, uh, properly. That and you know, it's just, dude, you're taking. So many people losing their fucking livelihood, man. It's for for two percent. It's crazy. Let people go at their own risk. <clears throat> if you don't want to go out, you go ahead. You do that, but don't impact my fucking life and my kids and my family because you want to. You 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 have no problem. You live like that. You want to live shelter like that. You don't want to build your immune system by getting out. Getting out. Yeah. You stay sheltered in your fucking house. See if you get an immune system. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling him walks around with his fucking fingers in his mouth. Yeah. Don't tell him shit. Go ahead. Keep your fingers in your mouth. Get all them goddamn germs and bacteria in you. It's crazy because like, I don't know. I, I'm not the type of person to say like, oh, fuck the mask. Because if it's for the greater good, it's for the greater good. But then I'm also not the type of person to, uh, what's the word? Like, I'm not the type of person to say, you know, fuck the mask, I'll wear it. But then I'm also not the type of person to feel that the government should tell us not to leave our homes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think I think that's I think what people don't realize is like the government is just people. I think there are too many people out there who think the government is daddy and the government knows exactly what they're talking about and the government never fucks up. Mm-hmm. But the government's just people, mm-hmm. just like you and I, yeah. you know, and we also need to realize, you know, what I think a big issue is, is the government not people expect leaders to be perfect. So when a leader fucks up, the leader doesn't want to admit his mistake because everybody's going to be upset about it. Mm-hmm. People just need to be more understanding in general, mm-hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. I think that's a big problem. But just with people in general, people just need to be willing to admit mistakes and just get better from them. Yeah. So what's what's the deal? Your boys going back to school? Yeah, they're gonna go back. They but go virtual back. or or? Well, no, in school. Fuck. They when gotta, does that start? Uh, I think the twenty fourth. Really? Yeah. That's the only way for kids to learn. I mean, they need that. They need their interaction. Like Taylor's real so. Taylor's real so. He's a sociable a social kid. Yeah. Like he loves that. Yeah. I'm like. He's getting tired of being. I'm sure there's a lot of kids like that. You know, they, oh, they yeah. want to be with their friends. They want to play. They want to enjoy life. Like, you can't do that shit sitting in a goddamn house. You know, it's 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 nuts. I, you know, I don't agree with the mask. I don't. But you know, I wear it because I fucking have to. Uh, but you know, I I, you know, I don't agree with it at all. It's just that the mask ain't gonna stop the fucking. Look at the. the it's still spread. Yeah. Nothing's stop the spread. The shit's gonna spread regardless. In 2018, 1.5 million people died worldwide of tuberculosis. What? 2018. What is tuberculosis? Uh, it's some type of infection in the lungs. Okay. Freaking, <clears throat> I think you. And nobody blinked blood about and it. All that shit. And yeah, 1.5 million people died of tuberculosis in 2018, according to the fucking WHO or CDC, I think. Yeah. Worldwide. One year. Well, we're looking at COVID. We're going on seven months, I think. And what is the death? I think it's at 600,000. I know we heard of a fucking TB pandemic in 2018. That's true. 
But we're here in a TB uh, fucking pandemic with COVID right now. I understand it's highly contagious. And the people who do get it bad, like if I heard it fucks up their lungs. Like it really tears up their lungs. They got to do like uh, uh, therapy for breathing and all that shit. But, you know, it's it's a small few numbers in relative to the whole yes. country. Yeah. Dude, I do not agree with just taking people's livelihoods. You know, people who start businesses and now, you know, they invested everything into these businesses and now they're just gone. That's I think that's How can just you do that to people, man. But that's just human nature in general. We take one little instance and, and generalize it for the whole. One story about somebody who was 18 who died of, of uh, COVID, and now every 18-year-old is potentially going to die of COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so just trying to keep life as normal as possible. Yeah. So they're going to go back to school, but I don't give it a month until they close it. I'll give it a month. I think it's all politics, man. Yeah, give yeah. At this point, all this stuff, the George Floyd stuff, obviously we do need change, but blowing it up like it got blown up, politics. COVID, having everybody stay home, politics. Uh, the stock market right now is at like all-time highs. How the fuck is the stock market all-time highs when the stock market is supposed to be a measure of economy, but yet you drive around and look how many businesses are up for lease, how many buildings are up for lease. Yeah, that's, that's It strange. makes uh-huh. no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I, I think, yeah, like you said, I think right after this election, everything's going to go back to fucking normal. COVID, not I, even going to hear about I, it. I wouldn't be again. surprised if everything just goes back to normal. The Black Lives Matter disappears again for a while. COVID goes away. Somehow the stock market is back again. And, like, I don't It just... Dude, it, it, it's crazy. I, I, Doesn't make any sense. That's why I just try to... I think I told you, I just try to live my own... My bubble. life. That's it, bubble. Yeah. Fuck everything else around me. I need to start doing that. I need to get off of Instagram. For I sure. just try to put strong limitations on it. Like, yeah. You know, cut off times and stuff like that or something. I or did. I had a one hour limit. Yeah. And then one time I needed to see something on there. So, so what I did was at first I said, Nick, my little brother, hey, do me a favor, put a password in so that it's a one hour limit and I don't know the password. Mm. So he did it. And then the one time you told me, I remembered it. So now every time the lock comes up, I'm just like, do 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 do. Or if there was an app that monitored your screen time when you were on particular apps, yeah. So you can put that app. Okay, I'm only going to be on Instagram for that's, one. For that's one what app. I did. Is something like that? It's on the iPhone, like on the settings, you can do it. Oh, on the settings, you can you can regulate mm-hmm. an, at the time you spend on an app. Uh huh. Ah, okay. And then it'll lock you out. Oh, okay. And yeah, so. the one time I got locked out and I needed it, I asked him for the password, and now every time I just put it back in. <laughs> I need to ask him to do it again and just not ask for yeah. it. It's been a lot better, man, because like I said, I don't know what's going on, and I, I like it that way. I'll go to work. Hey, did you hear about this? Did you about I was like, like we had one of our officers get arrested for sexual assault that, that I work with. He works for a shift. And I didn't hear about it, but apparently it was all over the news, and then... Somebody at work finally tells me, I'm like, what the fuck? I just saw him here yesterday. Yeah. Oh, they picked him up yesterday. I'm like, what the fuck? That's crazy. And that's what that's what I talk about. That's one dude, dude, that guy's been fucking up. He's been fucking up. But he was still part of the Exactly. Police. I'm like, and now look what we got. All over the news for allegedly sexually assaulting a girl. So so who who would you put the blame on? The people higher, right? The chiefs and No, I would put it on the media supervisors. Mm. Because you have this guy coming in every day. He's working for you. You're seeing the signs. You know, you hear other officers talk. Yeah. Rumor. You know, there's some truth to every rumor. 
So you hear people talk, hey, Zunik is here. Oh, yeah, he fucking looks fucked up again. He looks drunk again. Yeah, he smells like fucking alcohol. Yeah, you hear that shit. Supervisors hear it. They don't hear, they act like they don't hear it, but they fucking hear it. Yeah. So it's at that level. Yeah. You hold the supervisor account. Other than the, other than just the supervisor looking at us to see, okay, what, what general manual procedure did you violate? No, let, let's look at everything. Okay. Forget that. Oh, he's protected. If we say anything, he's just going to go to the association and they're going to get him out of it. No, still just do your part, you know? And, uh, like, so I, I hold at the lower level supervisors. Hey, you're the ones boots on the ground. You're the one dealing with this dude every day. You, if you're seeing something, you need to fucking bring it up to somebody. Your lieutenant and your captain, and they go from there. Yeah. That way, the liability is taken out of your hands and you put it into somebody else's. And even then, if you don't, if you don't get the answers or the 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 help you need, then you take it above them. So, and you know, I'm tempted to do that next time. If I see something. I'm not gonna go to the sergeants. I'm gonna go straight to the lieutenant and tell him, "Hey, this is what I got going." On. I did. I did that with another officer. There was an officer that would, dude. He was fucking lazy as fuck. So he'd he'd sit on a call for fucking three four hours, a stupid report that takes twenty minutes, and so we're running around like crazy handling calls. An officer doesn't have cover because th- there's not enough officers available. I gotta complete my car real fast, call real fast, and then drive across town to go fucking cover this other officer. In the meantime, I drive this, I drive right past this fucking asshole who's sitting in the parking lot on his fucking phone. Writing a report. Yes. Supposedly. Writing a report, but sitting on his fucking phone. Yeah. So I sent him a message. Hey, man, you weren't too far away from that officer that needed to cover. You don't know what I'm working over here. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. We, motherfucker, don't play that shit. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Yeah. So I told the lieutenant. You know, lieutenant and I, were, we're kind of close. Like, I don't know what it is he likes about me, but he does so I tell him, he was like, hey, sir. I was like, fucking, uh, uh, what the fuck was his nah, name? No, you don't say his name. Don't say his name. <laughs> Whatever you know, his name was. John Doe. Yeah, John Doe. I said, hey, this motherfucker. I said, I said, he's holding calls over here while we're running around all over the place. And then he likes to call. He, he, he calls him sick all the time because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to work the weekends because he don't have weekend days off anymore. So he fucking calls in every Saturday, Sunday. And he's, he, and he's off Monday, Tuesdays. Uh-huh. How convenient. You're fucking sick the days before you're supposed to be off. Uh-huh. Motherfucker calling in every Saturday, Sunday because he don't want to work because we're busy. I says, he's calling in every Saturday, Sunday. He's over here holding calls for several hours. I was like, are we going to get some help out here? Can somebody tell him something? Well, why are you looking into the matter? We're taking care of it. So I went above my sergeants because sometimes they won't do anything. Yeah. Because, because the sergeants are afraid to say something because they know that officers will go run to the association, make a, file a grievance, and try to hem up the sergeants to get them for like you know, individualizing that person. Wow. Like that. Yeah, and that that's how much they're protected, which is bullshit. Yeah. It's like nah, it, it comes to a point where you know, you're here to do a fucking job. Okay. It ain't the report part of the police officer. That's fucking. It's easy. Get the fucking information. It's all computer generated now. It's so quick. You go through. Man, I can finish up a burglar report in thirty minutes. But these officers act like it's so goddamn hard. So they'll sit there and hold the call forever. I'm like, dude, it's an easy report. Fucking write the report and get back in service. Yeah. No, but these, these shitbirds sit there and hold the shit forever because, you know, they've been working a long time. No one's ever told them anything, and they're protected by the damn contract. So it just goes on and on. Damn. It sucks, dude. Well. <clears throat> so we just try to avoid those guys. And like I said, I, 
I'm starting to speak up a little bit more and more about the uh, uh, that type of bullshit because it's what it is. It's bullshit. And eventually, it's going to come back and affect you if it continues. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like you know, somebody gets hurt because they don't have cover. You know, adds more stress on me. Maybe, maybe I break one day. Yeah. You know, and I take it out on on the wrong person or do something fucked up. You know. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I'll end that here. But it's it's. Good to have these conversations with you personally because one, I know that, for one, I want to thank you because I know that when I talk to you, regardless of what we talk about, we can be arguing, you know, screaming, raising our voice at each other. It's all love. There's nothing like. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. Two, I appreciate hearing the perspective of a police officer. Mm -hmm. um, but three, you're an, uh, an extraordinary human being. It's, it's, it's hard. <clears throat> It's hard to have this conversation with you because you understand what it takes to be what you need to be, which is a good officer. Mm -hmm. But it would be hard to have this conversation with somebody who's lazy and a police officer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what it takes to be an extraordinary human being. Mm -hmm. And so you put the work in every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, so appreciate, I appreciate it. Man. it. Yeah, yeah. I'll enjoy these. They're great. We'll yeah. do another uh, bullshit podcast sometime. You've opened right? my eyes to some things, Junior. Hey, man, I appreciate <laughs> it. And uh, you've definitely opened mine. <laughs> All, right. All right, man. All right, John Kiros, everybody. Yeah. Wifey calling me.